Hello everyone, welcome to the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government and the town of Shrewsbury. Today's podcast is going to cover town elections, participation in local government, and how to get involved in your community. I'm Kevin Mizikar, the Town Manager of the Town of Shrewsbury, and as always, I'm joined by Principal Department Assistant Taylor Delusha. How's it going, Taylor? I'm good. Eventful playoff weekend for... Yeah. Our beloved, or not your beloved, but my beloved New England Patriots. I'm not supposed Patriots. to share that secret on, <laughs> on the podcast that I'm not a huge Patriots fan. They're not originally from here, so. That's true. You, More get, of a, you get a free pass. A black and gold non-Bruins type <laughs> fan. So, yeah, a very interesting football weekend coming off of the horrific injury of DeMar Hamlin and that impacted the Pats game with a lot of emotion and momentum, no doubt. And the NFL playoffs are set, though. So we move into the postseason. Honestly, for the first time since I've lived in Massachusetts that the Pats won't be in the playoffs, which is a very long time. So, And they've been going for a lot longer time than that in their consecutive runs. So congratulations for that run and all the good things that have come with it. So I told my dad stick with them when they're good you gotta just you have oh, yeah. to be loyal can, i can't can, can i can't complain <laughs> i can't complain the Bruins are doing really good this year so that is true they swept the west this weekend yeah. and you went to the winter classic I did. right and that was super fun it was a lot warmer than the um the december 24th patriots game where it was like 15 degrees out but yeah winter classic was fun it's a Great place for a uh, event. Right. Not a great place to watch a hockey game, but we got. I can't remember who the time. Bruins played and beat that day, but we can yeah. we can just let that go. <laughs> <laughs> so great yeah, event. that's good stuff. Yeah, a lot of uh, New Year, first episode of the New Year. Mm-hmm. So hopefully everyone enjoyed their holidays. No more 2022 typos. We're out of the out of the window. Yeah. I think 2023 is easier to type than 2022 anyway. Well, it's one different key on your keyboard. Yeah, but I don't know. Instead of touching the same one twice, (laughs) 2023. Okay. We'll test that out. Let's keep some data on that. We'll get back to folks later in the year of who has more typos. I haven't written 2022 yet this year, which is good. You haven't written? Oh, yeah. You haven't written 2022. I haven't messed up yet. So, yeah. yeah, winter's kind of on and off again, and um, I got to take uh, the kids skiing mm-hmm. over the holidays, which was a lot of fun, good conditions, and now we've got some rain in the forecast, so that'll dampen some things more than likely, but I guess that's just the new normal. We'll have to see. We'll take the good and the bad in every season that it presents us with, so yeah, a lot going on. Uh, all good. All good stuff. A lot going on in in the shrew too yeah there is a lot going on in the shrew for sure never stops (laughs) no um i think it's uh we just wanted to take uh, a minute because the podcast is finally launched Mm -hmm. so this is our first episode yeah yeah post launch (laughs) so folks have actually listened to the episodes and honestly the feedback that i've received and taylor you can share yours Mm -hmm. has been uh really good a lot more feedback than we anticipated and when we've shared the information out on various other social media platforms we got a lot of um, impressions and uh, responses and i appreciate everyone taking the time that's reached out to me and acknowledged it and said they've listened that's really meaningful and hopefully they found the content meaningful as well so appreciate that and i want to thank uh 
the great folks here at SMC, Mark and Liz and Krista, who have helped us through the first uh, couple of episodes and will continue to help us. We couldn't do it without them. Quite uh, so, literally. Yeah, really, <laughs> you know, Mark has uh, helped out with so many things that we do as a local government to help get the information out there. And uh, I really appreciate uh, what he's done and uh, this new endeavor that we've taken on. And him and Liz really um, kind of embrace this and have done a lot more work than folks will ever know. So um, we appreciate them helping uh, and probably just making us look good and right. adding all the super, yeah, content Super stuff. great, super talented, super fun to work with yeah. always. So Definitely. on everything, all the yeah. calendar invites. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to get us here and get it out to uh, the world and we appreciate them making it so easy for us. So, and then we have some pretty, pretty big news coming out of the town manager's office that um, longtime town employee and current assistant town manager for community development, health and hum human services, uh, Kristen Lass is, uh, has been appointed as the town manager of the town of Westford. So huge congratulations for her. That's not surprising to anyone that knows Kristen. She's a ton of talent, has done a really good job in local government. Uh, she's been with the town for over 12 years, town of Shrewsbury for over 12 years at this point, and um, created the planning function for the town. There wasn't any professional planners on board when she came on board uh, in 2010, and she has not only um, grown uh, that function into a full department, uh, planning and economic development, but she did it in the right way. So now it's really an integral part of everything that we do um, across so many town departments. Um, so huge congratulations to Kristen. We wish her nothing but the best and um, she'll be missed, but we're not gonna stop calling upon her. So. You know, <laughs> she's not going to be far away, so we're really, I'm, I'm really excited to see the things that she'll do in Westford and Stamp she'll leave there as well. Uh, very well run town, Westford, uh, leaving longtime town manager um, who's served the community well, um, Jody Ross, and Kristen will do a wonderful job in that position, so congratulations. We also have a new recreation director on the flip side. Right, yeah, the other the other side of the door, one on the uh, coming in. Uh, Laurel Rossiter started uh, as the new recreation director at the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. and she is doing a great job getting up to speed. And I'm excited about all the conversations with that I've had with Laurel about what she thinks. Uh, we're missing and how we can do things better. Um, she certainly is going to respect everything that's been done uh, over the years and those core programs that we have for recreation and opportunities that we provide residents. But it will be interesting to see her mark as well because um, it's been a, a position that you know has been run uh, so consistently over the last 20 years or so and it's always fun and exciting to see what someone else would do, what their thoughts are. And uh, Laurel has a, a really great background that mm -hmm. includes uh, recreation throughout every aspect of it with some other towns and some other uh, organizations. So uh, we wish her the best and we'll do everything we can to support her and get her off and doing great things as we move into the prime outdoor recreation time of the year for those types of programs. So mm -hmm. just a ton going on. 
that's the people, the people, people moving people part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then there's budget season, which we've talked a lot about uh, on a prior episode. Uh, we're in the heart of that right now. Departments have submitted their budgets and- um, We'll get th- rolling. Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit tougher this year than I think folks would anticipate. Um, inflation will probably be the biggest challenge that we face in the budget process. And where I think it's gonna challenge us is we are going to be putting more dollars, what inflation is, into um, things like gasoline and utilities and um, kind of basic needs that we can't go without. And that will challenge us to do good, fun, new things, which is disappointing to think about at the outset of the budget process. I haven't really dug way in on department's budget submissions at this point, but I know they're going to be over the maximum amount of funding we have just because there's going to be so many line items we're going to look at. We're going to look at 20 and 30 and 50 and 100 and 200% increases. There's nothing that we can really do to change that if we if we want to still do that. So that's going to be the challenge this year. But we will find a path forward by the time we get to May to have a balanced budget because that's what we have to do. So then there's a couple things on the uh, kind of planning and development side of the house. Um, the new Subaru. Um, Dealership has been approved by the ZBA. Still some planning board work to do related to it uh, at the corner of South Street and Route 9, which is exciting. And of course, um, the Beale project continues to work its way through the planning board. And um, that will be two meetings that were held so far Mm -hmm. and good public engagement on it and um, good opportunity to discuss a really meaningful project, in my opinion, um, to bring revitalization back to the town center, bring people to the town center. We happen to be in the people business and the human business and creating places where people want to get together, people are, and people um, want to stay together and and, uh, build community. And that's what this project really does based upon um, a lot of core planning principles that we're building on in, in our long-range plan. So uh, one thing I wanted to clean up from the town meeting, if I can keep my initial ramble on in this yeah. episode, oh. is... Um, ramble on. There, there seemed to be some confusion with how folks understood what the town is doing with regards to shared parking in the mm-hmm. town center. Um, Kristen Loss uh, and Chris McGoldrick were talking with the planning board at their public hearing about how the town is exploring opportunities to increase shared parking in the town center and somehow that got misconstrued into the town as going to buy a bunch of land in the town center to add parking and that's not the truth. We're not looking to buy any land at all. What we're looking to do is partner with people who already have parking that don't use it 24 seven, right? So there's a lot of uh, nine to five businesses in the town center. There's some weekend businesses in the town center. And uh, that's really what shared parking is. We shouldn't have to create a parking space for every vehicle one-to-one 24 seven. So if a business that's open nine to five is willing to partner with the town and say, hey, can you help me strike an agreement with a restaurant to have their uh, dinner crowd be able to park here for them to be able to valet cars to this light? That's what we're we're doing. And currently we're talking to 
a couple property owners that have over 100 spaces of parking yeah. that really have a limited use, mainly more weekend use than mm -hmm. weekday use. So we're really excited about that opportunity. It has nothing to do with be buying land. And I know a bunch of people, how dare you go buy more land to fix the problem? We're not looking to do that at all. We're, we're looking to partner uh, with people who have existing parking spaces and just say, hey, let us use those on the off hour or let this business use it on the off hour or let the public use it, you know, six days a week and you can use it on Saturdays or, or whatever, whatever business need. need. Yeah. yeah, so we're excited about that. Uh, I think it's all really positive. Uh, a lot of historic town centers um, do that. They have really good business to business and business to government relationships so they don't have to pave the world. Mm -hmm. There's only so much space in the town center, we're never gonna get to add land onto it. Right. So this is what we're pursuing on the town side. So really positive, really fun, really exciting. Um, and I can't wait to finish those deals and share with folks um, what we've been working on. So yeah, a lot of uh, interest in, in the Beale Commons project, which there should be, it's really important. Um, so we're excited to keep working with the planning board and everyone on that. So yeah, that's a lot going on in the Shrew right <laughs> now. That's a lot going on. So it's led to a- Keeping up a ramble uh, at the beginning of the episode and um, happy to always engage with people and talk to them if they ever have questions and don't just want to yeah. have their own ramble on social media. Like if they don't feel like typing for 20 minutes on a Facebook post and they want to call the town manager or email me, I'd love that. I'd be happy to talk with them. Um, maybe get to solutions instead of, you know, likes. I'm more about solutions, less about likes except for when it comes to the town manager download, <laughs> then I really think everyone should like and subscribe and Give us five stars. Us. Exactly, <laughs> five stars are always appreciated. Yeah, double standard. Just, no, this is a good, a good <laughs> double standard. <laughs> um, so I think we'll get, we'll get right into it now that um, we've caught up on everything going on in the new year, nine days in and it's already crazy. Um, we're going to be talking about elections, participation, and being involved, which I think connects a lot to what we were just talking about with what's going on and kind of how residents can engage with their local government yeah. all throughout the year, different ways, just kind of meeting people where they are. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to, we can talk a little bit about how we're different as we do at the yeah. beginning of every episode with our yeah. form of government. Abs absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, the biggest difference and actually the biggest single aspect of our local government operation where individuals can be involved is the area that we're most different than most of the rest of the country, right? Mm -hmm. And that's on the legislative aspect of our local government, which is town meeting. So everyone you know, has seen maybe, well, I don't know if everyone's seen. I've certainly seen Gilmore Girls and yep. you know, they have the town <laughs> meeting on show. that show. Um, and, you know, there's plenty of other examples where folks have seen this quintessential direct democracy where if you're a resident of the community, you can go and vote um, mm -hmm. to help conduct the operation. So that's mainly on the legislative side of things. And um, so people in Shrewsbury, registered voters, have the ability to be town meeting members. And in a lot of uh, Massachusetts cities and towns, um, just being a registered voter means that you can be a town meeting member because they have open town meeting form of government. Uh, in Shrewsbury, we're a little bit different. 
Uh, we're one of a handful of communities that have a representative town meeting, which means we have 240 elected town meeting members uh, that are uh, evenly distributed, dispersed over 10 voting uh, precincts throughout the community. So you run within your individual precinct, mm -hmm. kind of think of it as, you know, maybe uh, your neighborhood times two or three, so not the whole community. And um, 10 members from each precinct, roughly, uh, on average, get elected in to be town meeting members. And those 240 people actually make up the legislative body of the community. So it's really similar to the representative form of government at the state, you know, the general court with the Senate and the, the House or the United States Congress with the House of Representatives and, and the Senate. Um, where we elect people to represent us on the legislative side of the house, which is quite different than a lot of communities. Um, a lot of other communities, most other communities, especially those who have council manager form of government um, across the country, they normally elect seven members to their legislative body and that's a town or city council. So it's much more limited opportunity. That's why town meetings really one of the biggest opportunities for residents to consider having a real formal direct opportunity to participate in their local government. Yeah, when I went to that conference in Omaha, explaining that our select board wasn't like a city council, even though like on the surface, that's kind of like what it looks like. Sure. It's not the same, it's completely different. Right, in, in Shrewsbury, the select board, which is that elected body of five members is actually the elected executive. Right in a traditional council manager form of government, which is one of the most uh, prolific forms of local government across the country, the town manager is the sole executive or the head of the executive branch, which mm -hmm. includes all town staff. And the council is the legislative body who controls everything that our town meeting controls, whether that's the budget, well, it's the budget and the bylaws uh, general bylaws, personnel bylaws, zoning bylaws. So different, similar. Uh, we all, in the end, are focused on engaging with the residents and performing for the residents. We just do it in different ways. Mm -hmm. But I can definitely see why you confuse a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I confused <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> who are wondering why you have so many boards that you have to consider when we're making yeah. decisions. Okay. I think our decision-making process is a little slower than the rest of the country because of that. So if I was the uh, city manager of uh, XYZ City in South Carolina, I go to a seven member uh, council and I say to them, hey, I need to adjust the budget. I need to move money from the police department to the fire department because we had some type of issue. Um, here, we have to get the budget so right because town meeting really only right. meets twice a year. And even if I, I'd have to have a really big reason to call a special town meeting to adjust the budget, right? So asking 240 people in that whole, um, you know, road show yeah. that, that has to happen for town meeting to occur. So um, not only would it slow down whenever I'd actually be able to change the budget, but it also, or what it takes just to be able to do that. You so. need a quorum, you need to give proper notice. Right. It's not like we can call it right. and meet the next day. Right. And quorum of four is a little easier than quorum of 121. Right. So <laughs> just a little bit, a little bit different there. So Slightly. yeah. So 
um, yeah, that's our biggest opportunity for engagement. And a lot of people find their way in that front door um, on how they uh, participate. And uh, a lot of people have been doing that for decades. We hear time and time again uh, of folks that have been town meeting members for quite some time. And so that brings some stability to it, especially having the representative um, form of town meeting. Um, a lot of people like it. It's not a heavy lift, two or three times a year, maybe six, eight, 10 total hours, including prep work for folks. And uh, they can play a really meaningful role and have the ability to vote. It also kind of limits the challenge that's associated with an open town meeting. Uh, I remember, you know, I of course have worked in both Grafton and Leicester. And when you have an open town meeting, if there's a big topic for consideration by the legislative body, you know, it, it tends to do what they call stacking the meeting. So when the fire department needs a new piece of equipment or uh, fire headquarters, they round up all their friends that are voting, members of the community of name, may never have gone to town meeting before, and then they come in and vote for the fire headquarters yeah. and either stay for that whole meeting and never come back or stay for that article and leave the rest of the town meeting. And most open town meetings have a very low quorum. So some folks may say, well, 240 members representing you know, 40,000 residents, that's not very representative, but in most open meetings, it's very low, maybe 50 at the most. Yeah. That's a majority of the state too, is yes. open town meeting. Vast majority like, of the state. Like large. Yeah, large, large yeah there's majority. just a handful of, of communities. And maybe when Sharon comes on, she may know like that. Like 30 number. or something. I won't put her on the spot. 30 or something. Yeah, so. something like that. So. Um, and I, I think the other benefit of having the representative town meeting over the open town meeting is we know who to try to push information out to. Mm -hmm. It's up to the uh, meeting members uh, to kind of look at the packet of information that we put together as a town staff. We do videos, of course, with SMC's help to get the information that's on the legislative agenda or the town meeting agenda out there for folks to look at. But we can mail it to everyone's house. We can email them. Uh, it's just a little more um, straightforward than open town meeting where you don't know who's gonna show up and what people are interested or, or not interested in. So yeah, that's our uh, kind of our biggest single area for uh, participation in, in the local government is the legislative body being representative town meeting. And um, we actually have some, we're, we're working with um, kind of the idea of Select board member Teresa Flynn to maybe get some more folks in. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I know we're looking to do kind of like a informational session um, sometime between when papers go out and papers are due. What are papers? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, jargon. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get signatures from those that live around you. I don't remember the exact number for, I know it varies depending if you're running for town meeting member mm -hmm. or select board, I think school committee requires them to, um, but kind of just give people an introduction to what it is kind of like to be on an elected body. And obviously, again, varies from if you're gonna be a town meeting member, if you're gonna be on a school board or school committee, or select board or yep. school committee, um, but hoping to get in touch with some former uh, members of those bodies to kind of talk to people. Again, just give people information, meet them where they are, um, set expectations for what it's like to participate in this type of stuff because it might seem more intimidating than 
it actually is or a bigger time commitment than some people might think. Right, yeah. I meeting. Mean, yeah, engaged and connected is the first strategic outcome area of the strategic plan. And I think this, you know, is dead on with that. You know, how can we take some of that uncertainty away for folks? And I think when we take uncertainty away, we actually have um, more people um, that are willing to think about it a little bit more, yeah. right? When there's uncertainty, you kind of just cast it to the side. Uh, but whenever there's more information, folks may consider it. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Or, oh, I can do that, um, which is what we want to get out of it. Right. So. And just like getting people involved all ages. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and there is that big gamut of, of things on the elected official side. Town meeting member, from an hour by hour standpoint, probably. You can is, count on two hands. Yeah is the lowest amount of total time commitment. Um, and it will vary person by person how deep you want to get into the issues and you know questions that you ask and things like that, both in town meeting and outside of town meeting. But you know, whenever I think about the select board or the school committee or the library board of trustees, those, those require a little bit more. Yeah. And we'll talk about those positions as well. Um, but those are the key policy-making bodies of, of the town, which are elected. And, um, but for us, that's really it on the elected side. There's a lot of other cities and towns in the Commonwealth that have elected planning boards, elected board of health. Depends, in my opinion, I'll use the word mature, how mature their local government is, mm -hmm. how much they've transitioned from um, kind of volunteer citizens running the day-to-day -day operations and making policy decisions to appointed professional staff making right. those decisions. And that's the evolution of local government here in Massachusetts. Um, Shrewsbury was at the cutting edge in 1953 of you know putting a professional town manager and professional department heads in place across the board. And we benefit from that uh, in so many ways that are just absolutely evident in how we operate and the services that we provide. Um, so we just have those three key public elected bodies. Um, but on the flip side, Excuse me. Yep. on the flip side, we have a lot of opportunities that people don't want to run. Yes, yep. They can be appointed, they can apply to be appointed for all the- uh, So many positions. Of uh, whatever number of boards we have, I can't even count. Yeah. Like 20 maybe. Yeah, probably, yeah, around at, there. at least, right? Yeah. So town manager side, there's like, what did we talk about? Like 92 positions yeah. that I appoint mm -hmm. that aren't. So across 30 different yeah. boards and yep. po individual positions. Right. But yeah. yeah. So, and then the other side, the select board makes a lot of appointments, and so does the town moderator right. who appoints the finance committee. So, that's those are positions that are not nine to five, so to speak, yep. positions, you know. Uh, working in the town hall, but they serve on various boards or committees that hold a lot of focus area. Yeah, yeah, like opportunity. Yeah, that's your thing. Right. So planning board, zoning board of appeals, affordable housing trust. Right. I can name all. Of yeah, there's want. there's really, I mean, every aspect of the community is tied in some way to a appointed uh, or elected board. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, town staff handle the day-to-day -day operations associated with each one of those boards. But again, just town manager side of thing, there's 92 different positions that I appoint for uh, volunteer uh, or some very small 
inconsequential pay throughout the course of the year for the service that residents provide, but it's a really great opportunity for folks to be involved and give back to the community yeah. uh, and the services they receive for it. So highly encourage everyone to go to the uh, town website and board and committee vacancies page and, and learn about what opportunities exist. And they happen throughout the year, right? Right, and I will, I will mention like we do have the tax relief fund committee that has uh, has openings because it's brand new yep. and we really need to get that board filled with appointees because okay. we want to be able to give people <laughs> spend, tax relief. Yeah, yep. give tax relief and we can't without yeah. having the people to direct it. So yeah, I mean, what a better position open. to get your feet wet in. I mean, in a position like that, you'd start to understand how, you know, the, the real estate tax system and assessment system works on mm -hmm. kind of the inside of the house with, you know, Ruth Anderson, the assessor, and you get to give people who are in need Help. funds back that have been donated to the town or pushed over to the town for the select board through ARPA. That'd be, yeah, a, a really interesting opportunity for folks to dive in and dip their toe into local government. Uh, we just that. asked they send a cover letter or a letter of interest and a resume to select board at shrewsburyma.gov. Yeah, and then <laughs> you'll be, uh, you know, having a call conversation and the select board will be making their decision. Um, and, you know, throughout the course of the year, really, at least once a quarter, there's some type of vacancy or opening that's either an appointment of the select board or appointment mm -hmm. of the town manager. Um, and then, you know, the moderator appoints the, the finance committee, as you said. Um, so there's really always something. It's not like it just happens in July or just happens in January. So folks right. should keep an eye on the page. I, I advertise for all the positions, even if there's someone currently in it, because I honestly have had so many great conversations with residents that I otherwise would have never met. And I get to learn about their interest. And sometimes someone applied for XYZ committee and they tell me they really love ABCs. So I say, well, we have an ABC committee that you should consider. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a really good opportunity to, to talk exactly. to residents, so. And even if you're stretched that you can't volunteer for a border committee, they can, you can still follow along with meetings online. Like we said at the beginning, Shrewsbury Media Connection live streams all their meetings. Uh, I think it's ShrewsburyMediaConnection.org, which connects to the cable, and they can see like it live. They stream it on Facebook, and if you can't watch it during the meeting, they have their YouTube channel that they have their libraries of all the um, meetings and stuff, so you can catch up the next day. Send an email um, to that committee to. Right. see what's going on. Um, They've made a lot of improvements. SMC's made a lot of improvements, both with the, you know, the, the, the content that's on the YouTube channel. It's just, it's what everyone expects, right, for videos, and that's where they are. They're meeting residents where they are, and it's easy access for everyone. So I wanted to tip my hat to them for, for putting all their content there. It's not on some proprietary obscure website that no one can find. It's there for everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, all those public meetings, uh, which a lot of local governments do, it's just so important, uh, keeps a record and documentation of everything that we do in the public setting. Um, and then we have been trying to, to engage residents in a number of different ways, surveys, uh, things like that throughout the course of the year. And um, as we talked about with ARPA, we're building off of what some other departments already do with uh, some regular newsletters yep. from a, a variety of different sources. So what's on the horizon with that, Taylor? Um, kind of working on that quarterly newsletter to give 
residents a good overlook of what happened across the whole board, not just, I guess, special interest areas. Sure. Um, kind of condense where people have to go look. You don't have to go look at 10 different newsletters. If you're still super interested in one or two other ones, like you can check there, but we would just want to kind of centralize. Someone can skim the page and they kind of have a gist of what's going on in the community um, just to make it a little bit easier for residents to stay involved. We understand that it's not top of mind for everyone all the time and just to make it um, a little bit easier to stay up to date. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we said at the beginning, like we have a lot going on yeah. and to make one centralized location for that, I think um, it'll make everyone's lives a little bit easier to stay up to date and in touch and kind of know how to reach us. So I'm excited about that. I've been actually working on like the layout for it preliminary. So kind of different ideas of what can go in it, but That's I think it'll be good. Yeah, I'm really excited. Let's deadline ourselves in public. What are, what's no, I'm not that? doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're working on it. I'm working we're, on it. She's punting. That's not fair. Um, not an onside kick. We're good. <laughs> so that's that's good. Um, no, yeah, and, and there's, you know, we recently, I mean, the, the library has a standing newsletter. The COA has a standing newsletter really to target those folks, as you said, that are interested in those. Uh, Planning and Economic Development launched a newsletter. Mm -hmm. We really are trying to get out and, and uh, give residents the opportunity to understand what it is that we do on a day-to-day -day basis um, and what those big things are that are going on in town more, uh, more and more. So, like In the interim, we have the From the Desk of the Select Board newsletter that I think we'll keep. Yes. <laughs> I'm guessing we'll keep um, that people can get an idea of what's going on with the Select Board each month. Um, and then we also have a bunch of listservs in town that um, people can subscri subscribe to through our website and, and our app. Um, so they can get notifications directly to their phone, text message, email, um, whatever they prefer. But they, they do exist and I'd like to reiterate that, that um, if you're, you want solid waste and recycling updates, they have a listserv and you can, you'll know when there's a delay right. or when there isn't a delay. There is a lot of information that's out there for folks to avail themselves of, and we strongly encourage you to do that. And if there's something that you can't find, you can always contact us uh, mm -hmm. here at the town manager download or um, in the, at manager at shrewsburyma.gov and for a general office email, and we will be more than happy to point you in the right direction. So speaking of resident interactions and folks, uh, we always encourage everyone to uh, contact us at the town yeah. manager download uh, via uh, email at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. Um, email questions to us, uh, podcast ideas, topic ideas, who we should be talking to, what's going on in the community that you wanna learn more about. We're always happy to have content related to that. Anything on that docket today, Taylor? No, nope. we don't have any. All right, so <laughs> the podcast is launched. So now, well, now people know it's out there. So hopefully, we'll get some it's fun emails. Um, about a week, right? Yeah. Not even quite a week yet. Not even quite a week. Folks, um, be out there. I wonder who the first person will be. I don't know. To hit the TM download at Shrewsbury. That specific email doesn't count if you email this directly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. It counts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that brings us to the point in time where we um, spice it up a little bit and bring in uh, our guest. Mm -hmm. Today happens to be 
uh, town clerk, Sharon Thomas. She will be joining us in the studio. So welcome, Sharon. Thank you. It's great to have you. So um, we'll talk a little bit about um, your career in local government, but you've been the uh, town clerk for, what is it, almost two solid years now? Yes, come March. Yeah, so we're, you're nearing your two-year anniversary. So uh, before that, you, you worked in the office. So tell us a little bit about your time with the town of Shrewsbury, what you've done, and how the new-ish role is going. All right, so actually I started working with the town. I actually worked for the school department for a little bit okay. um, when my kids were young, and I also worked for the police department as a crossing guard. Um, and then I actually started working as an election worker. Um, which I found very interesting. And now you're the and chief election officer, right? Right. So that's, right. it all, you know, Circle. stemmed from, from there. And, you know, I liked it. It was interesting. And, you know, it just happened that I was working one election and the warden was out. So the clerk had to work as the warden. I actually got asked to work as the clerk. So I got familiar with, you know, the wrapping up at the end of the night of the polling locations. And then... A part-time position came up in the office, and I applied. I started in 2013. I kind of, you know, got lucky, and I was there for um, about two years when um, the other administrative assistant decided to move on to a different position in the town, mm -hmm. so I was able to move to a full-time position. So I worked in that role for about two years when the assistant town clerk mm -hmm. decided she was going to retire. So mm -hmm. I applied for that position and was able to work my way through that. And when S Sandy was getting ready to retire, she made sure I was kind of prepared and she really took me through um, all the procedures and the process. You know, I got to be involved in um, working on the budget and how to run the elections and all of the, you know, the wrap up that comes in after the fact. Um, and so when she retired, I applied for the position and I'm, you know, Thank happy you. to be in the role that I am in. Now you're on the town manager download. So, uh, so that's one of the, I mean, that, that question is always one of my favorite because I, 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 one, I learn new stuff about you that I didn't know, uh, before asking the question here, and it, there's so many paths into local government on, on how you can, you know, start, like you started in, you know, volunteer role and, and were interested and, and just built your knowledge. And now you're, like I said, the chief election officer for the community and run all elections and handle a whole lot of other things um, that we can talk about now or, or in the future, but it's just always so interesting to me. But my question from that is, we, we try to do our best to make sure our guests know, but I can, I always get to ask questions. So tell me about Sharon Thomas as the crossing guard. Were you strict? Were you like pulling cars over? <laughs> well, we're not allowed to pull cars okay, over, but okay. you know, growing up from my family background, I have relatives that are in law enforcement. Yep. So uh, we always lived by the rules and that was enforced. So, and again, that, you know, comes across in my role now. Most of the work that I do, you know, is designated by Mass General Law. Right. So. Yeah. So um, there's been a lot in the news over the last few years about elections and things like that. You know, 
crazy stories, a lot of things made up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the responsibilities as the town clerk as it relates to elections? So, I mean, it's one of our, you know, biggest jobs is to, you know, be impartial and to run fair elections. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we follow all of the rules that are, you know, are set out. Um, the equipment that we use has to be certified for the state. It has to meet certain standards. Um, there was an issue somewhere with the, you know, the ballot markers. The markers that we use are what's recommended for the products, mm -hmm. you know, that we have. Um, There's a lot of testing that goes into those machines before we even get to election day and testing and training, right? Right. So before any election, um, you know, we're required, we get annual maintenance done on our equipment. And then before an election, we create, I create a test deck. Um, and every machine has to be tested. Mm -hmm. And the, for a state election, you know, once we're done running our tests, just like at the close of polls, mm -hmm. we'll put the ender card in, the tape prints out, those tapes are submitted to the state. Um, and, you know, if we did notice if something wasn't coming out correctly, then we would have to notify our vendor and our machines would have to be um, right. certified, you know, right. they'd have to correct the issue. Yeah. Um, so everything is done in, in accordance. None of the equipment that's allowed to be used in Massachusetts is not connected into the internet mm -hmm. at all. It's mm -hmm. an optical scan. Um, and it just reads the ballots. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if ballots can't be read by the machine, they're hand counted at the end of the night, you know, those sheets are turned in and, and those votes are included in the final counts. Mm -hmm. So when you get the unofficial results, you're usually just getting the results, you know, from the machine yeah. itself. And then, yeah. then, you know, when everything comes back to the office, then those counts, those hand counts are all added in mm -hmm. um, into our machines. And for state elections, you know, we're mandated to have our elections certified by, a, you know, a certain date. Um, because of the change in the Votes Act, some of the deadlines have changed, um, you know, now for like, so the primary that was this past um, September, you know, the, um, ballots had to be received in by the close of polls. Like, so if they were mm -hmm. absentee or, or people that vote from out of the country, mm -hmm. those ballots all had to be received in uh, by the close of polls on election day. Well, but, what, what have you seen on the mail-in side? I mean, are we, is, has total participation in uh, voting gone up since folks have been, have more relaxed laws on who can mail in or is, the number's the same, but just who's in person, who's mailing in. No, it's, def yeah, it's definitely an increase it? on okay. the mail-in side, which is an incredible amount of work on our side, um, you know, to manage that yeah. workflow. Um, because before, you know, people only could vote absentee if they met the certain criteria. Mm -hmm. Now it's open to all. Um, we do have people that will request a ballot by mail, but then they decide they want to come and vote in person. Mm -hmm. um, there are safeguards all built into that so a person cannot vote twice. Um, you know, if we mailed a ballot out to you, um, it's recorded in our voter 
system that yeah. a ballot was mailed out on such and such date. If they then come to vote in person, when they're looked up, they're marked that they requested a ballot. They must call our office and confirm that a ballot did not come okay. back. Um, they are then told, okay, yes, you can vote. Please destroy you know, the ballot that you received via mail. If it does happen to come back, it will not Get be caught. accepted. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lots of like checks and balances throughout the entire process before you even get the machines and whatnot to Correct. the end, to counting them and submitting. Right. And so, yeah, so maybe you could just uh, touch on that one point that you made too, that when someone mails in, it's a, it's a lot more work for the office. So what's different about that versus someone just casting the ballot on the day of? What happens? So basically, if you, you know, if you come in to vote on election day, you know, you're getting, your name's getting checked off on the list, you're handed a ballot, it's going through the machine. Mm -hmm. When you vote by mail, you're filling out an application that's coming to our office. So the mail's got to get opened, sure. it gets time stamped of when we received it. We then have to enter you into the system as saying that you requested this ballot. So we'll enter whatever we've received in for the day. Then we have to run labels. You have to package everything up. So it's not just one label, it's a barcoded label that goes on your inner envelope. There's the address label for it to out going to you. Mm -hmm. And then there's another envelope for you to return it to us. So once that ballot goes out to you, you know, you get it in your mailbox, you open it up, there's uh, instructions in there. You read the instructions, you'll mark your ballot, you take your ballot, you'll put it into the inner envelope that has the little barcode, have to sign it, and then you put it in the other envelope to return it to us. So they can come back to us either dropped off at our office, they can get mailed back, or they can get dropped in the ballot um, mailbox that's out in front of town hall. Mm -hmm. So then we have to collect all of those. Mm -hmm. We get them in. We have to um, we open them up. We have to timestamp each of them, saying that they've come back. We have to look, make sure there's a signature. If there is a signature, we'll go into the system and then mark that your ballot has been received. Mm -hmm. And then we have to file according to precinct. <laughs> and you know. So alphabetical the, by name because we have to be able to, you know, proof, make sure that yeah. all the ballots are going to their correct precinct to be processed. So then on the day of the election, that gets fed into the ballot box itself. So when you compare those two things, I walk in, you hand me a ballot, I fill it out and you put it in the machine versus that expansive thing. That's a lot of extra work to, to make that all happen. And one simple thing like not signing the envelope, no more. We've got right. to work with folks and get everything into compliance because if it doesn't comply, then it doesn't fit. Right. So on the ones that are like missing signatures, we then go in, we reject it, and we then have to mail you another ballot. Okay. And then we're flagging it. Start Please sign again. here. Yeah, yeah. This is why your ballot was rejected. Yes, I know this is the second ballot mm -hmm. you're getting. The first one did not count. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's yep. just trying to get people to understand the process. And, you know, just because a second ballot went out doesn't mean you're voting twice. Sure. It's right. that first one was rejected because it wasn't 
it didn't meet the guidelines. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then how, then you keep everything in the end, right, for a certain amount of time. The the ballot the vote the ballots so, that we use to vote. Um, so unused ballots we can destroy after thirty days. Okay. But anything, any so those ballot the used ballots, the envelopes that you know you sign to return your ballot, all of our tally sheets. All of our tapes are all have to be kept for 22 months. Okay. It, you know they're secured and in, in the vault, mm -hmm. um, and they sit there until mm -hmm. you know where right. till the retention is is done. Yeah. Right. Um, wow. Yeah, that's a that's a big process that most most folks probably don't think about. A lot of a lot of people do take advantage and show up on the day of and vote and um, are able to be really simple 10 or 15 minute part of their day but I know you know I <laughs> turns always, into hours yeah, it turns yeah. into, well it turns into months for you I mean I know Sharon there's some days that you work for two or three weeks straight because you have to be there on weekends because of the size of the community for early voting too Correct. which is relatively new here in in Massachusetts as well so that's just something else that you're dealing with yeah so you want to tell lot, us about those weekends they're long <laughs> yeah <laughs> They are long, but you know, that's my job is to be in charge of the elections and you know, I'm responsible for what goes on and, and we wanna do the best, you know, that we can for our community. And you know, the law requires that because of the size of our community that you know, we do have to offer early voting in person for five hours on both Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, yeah which happened to be the lower turnout days. Uh, sure, yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, who wants to really come in on a Saturday if they don't have to, so. To vote, I mean, you know, even, even to vote, so. Right, but we take advantage of that in the office. Um, we bring election workers in that are your regular check-in people at the polling locations on that day. So this year they, they worked the early voting and it gave our office time to organize oh, all the ballots. So now you figure you send out all these, you know, 15,000 ballots and right. it takes a lot of coordination on, you know, on our end to make sure that they're all accounted for and headed to the right, to the right place. And then we also have to divide, you know, there's a difference between absentee and early right. and they're tracked in two different systems okay. on the current system that we use. So you have to keep them separate because if you come into early vote um, or it was mailed out to you, we received it back, you're already X'd out on the check-in list. Um, but on the absentee, mm -hmm. when those ballots go out to the polling locations, they have to be read in to the check-in person so that person can actually get checked off. Okay. So, so many different rules to, to play by and depending on how one's trying to vote and <laughs> <laughs> what option they're selecting. Um, how many vote, how, roughly how many registered voters are in Shrewsbury? We always talk about the population of being, you know, between 38 and 40,000. How many voters? Yep, we so have we have over 25,000 registered 25, voters, wow. which your registered voter changes on a daily basis because okay. you have people registering to vote and you have people, you know, leaving your community. So mm -hmm. it is a, it's a changing number. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and even voter registration has changed. It's seemingly things don't, you know, there's few aspects that have the change for elections, I feel like, for 10 years or so. And now it's like every time you turn around, you can vote early when you, you know, get your driver's license, things change. And yeah, because you can pre-register yeah. now. So a lot of the kids, when they're going to get 16, their permits, yep. we're getting the notification. So right. they sit in a queue. Um, and then when they turn 18, it'll pop up, you know, on our screen. So every day we'll log in it, you know, it could say eight pre-register are ready to register okay. because they've attained the age of 18 and they're now So when their 18th vote. birthday happens, that pops up in the system for yes. you? Yes. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. So, <laughs> and, and it's interesting because as Taylor and I talked about a little bit before, um, earlier today, we have, you can correct me if I'm wrong, four, well, five primary local bodies, or we have the select board, we have the school committee, we have town meeting, we have the library and then the Shrewsbury Housing Authority, right? Does that capture most of the, and the moderator? Right, about, right for elected all. positions, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so does that, that capture yes. the vast majority? Some towns, as we talked about, you know, planning board may be elected or the Board of Health may be elected. We don't have that. We have a smaller number, but still a, a ton of work to have all those registered voters and, and work with them for the local elections as well. So, um, What's your what's your uh, general spiel to folks uh, who are considering elected position? What are those? What are some of those things that you would encourage them to think about? What do they have to? Let's start with what they have to do. So if if I wanted uh, a promotion and I wanted to run for a select board in Shrewsbury, <laughs> um, what um, what would what does one have to do to run for uh, elected position? Okay, so for the annual elections, which are in May of every year. My office starts planning in January. Okay. That's when so right I, now. that's when we gear up. So I've already sent out um, address changes to the all of our 240 town meeting members. Mm -hmm. um, because if you're at, if you've moved out of town, you're not eligible. If you've moved within into another precinct, you're not eligible to be a town meeting member in your old precinct. You'd have to run. So we're working on that process now. Um, later on in the week, I will be mailing out re-election certificates to town meeting members to see if they're interested in being re putting on being put on as a candidate for re-election for the upcoming election. Um, so they have a, a deadline um, to get back to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then for your major offices, you have to get a nomination paper. So our nomination papers will start to be available on January 20th. For a major office, you need to collect 50 signatures of registered voters within the town. Mm -hmm. We do always suggest that people get more signatures than they need because sometimes people think they're registered to vote and they're not. And you know you don't want to be short a signature. Sure. Um, you need. 50 good signatures to <laughs> be placed on the ballot. Um, so what's also important for the major offices is usually they have a committee. So they have to, with campaign finance, there's certain okay. rules. You're, um, you can be a candidate without a committee, but they still ask that you fill out, they call it Form M101. 
Um, so they fill that out and then there's campaign finance that's involved. Um, you have to do like a pre-election campaign finance, you have to do a post-election mm -hmm. campaign finance, and then there's always the year-end report. Mm -hmm. So the Office of Campaign Finance um, over the past couple of years has really um, done a great job um, with their website and offering you know, materials. Last year they had um, they did a little webinar about candidates that are running for in municipal elections. Um, they've just rolled out this year that um, candidates can uh, register what they call for the Reporter 7, and it's software that helps oh. them basically, oh, you'll input your figures and then you're able to just print that report, mm -hmm. sign it, and then um, turn it in when it's due. Mm -hmm. um, there are specific dates. Um, that the campaign finance um, is due before and after the elections. The, the dates are always um, given within the letter that I send out to the candidate's treasurers. Mm -hmm. uh, if they don't have a treasurer, then it's sent to the candidate themselves. So Sharon, like broad generalization. So any if, if you're someone that's seeking an elected office locally here and someone donates money to you or buys your signs for you or something like that, you have to report that. That's that's what's going on in this whole campaign finance report, right? Right, it's whatever your liabilities are. Um, mm -hmm. Again, what that's spending. what you're spending, yep. but that's, it's really great. I mean, they have, a, um, they go on to cam the campaign finance, they basically have like 12 different like bullets and okay. it tells you how much uh, like an individual person can contribute. Um, so I, it's really helpful. So for people that are going to come in and pull papers, that's going to be information that's yep. um, going to be given, yep. you know, given to them. Because a lot of times people do, if they're new to running, you know, they're not really familiar with the campaign finance, and I mean they have they have a whole guide mm -hmm. um, that has a lot of great information. Interesting. That's great. Yeah, and obviously your office is there to help. Uh, to the extent that you can and uh, Taylor had mentioned before a, a forum that we want to have you know for folks who may be interested in running uh, for office so uh, we're here to help and answer questions everyone wants to ensure compliance and not play I gotcha that's not our job we just want to help folks follow the rules that they have to follow right and even with the campaign finance even if you have zero mm -hmm. activity that still has to be reported sure. okay interesting um, so then people get the 50 signatures, they turn them back in, and how, then their name's on the ballot? Is that, is that kind of how it works? Or? No, then we have to certify the oh, signatures. Right. <laughs> you said 50 good signatures. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so any candidate that's running for a major office, um, they're entered into our system, and then we have to look at the signatures that are on the form mm -hmm. and certify that yes they are indeed a registered voter in shoes mm -hmm. and then um over the past few years i know we've had conversations where in some precincts for town meeting elected town meeting position we haven't even had enough people to fill all eight or ten seats in that in that precinct um so we always encourage folks to run and um, but it's funny though, I, some, some precincts we have twice as many candidates as we need and some we don't have enough. So I know it's something you always try to encourage 
people to do. Right. Yeah. We like to have more than enough, you mm -hmm. know, people that are, are running for those positions. And it's probably one of the easiest ways to really get your feet wet and understand, you know, what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of the meetings are, they're out there, um, which is great. Right. Um, but it's probably the least, you know, there's not a huge time commitment yes. with being um, involved in town meeting, but you get to see the overall, you know, mm -hmm. picture of mm -hmm. what the town's, you know, doing, or, you know, zoning changes, uh, general bylaws, mm -hmm. the budget. We always say town meetings like our Super Bowl. It's yeah, like the exactly. culmination of the whole year. That's so. right. So uh, we talked a little bit about being candidates, and we talked about actual voting. But if you're if you move to Shrewsbury, uh, or you're not here when you're 16, getting your driver's license to pre-register to vote, how how do you go about just registering to vote if you move into town? So it's very easy to register to vote now. Okay. Um, you know, you can come to the town clerk's office. We have the forms at the counter. You can fill it out. Um, you can also download the voter registration form on the town clerk's portion of the town of Shrewsbury's website. If you have a valid Massachusetts ID or driver's license, mm -hmm. you can actually go to the Secretary of State's portion of the website. Um, it's sec.com state.ma.us slash OVR and you can register to vote. It only takes a minute. I was at the high school with the um, with the students and okay. that's one of the questions he asked. How do I register to vote? Great. Had his iPad, got oh, him to the website, go. pulled out his license within three minutes. All done. It sent it off and it showed up in our queue. That's some pretty good service right there. It's top notch. In <laughs> um, and, and Shrewsbury um, is the first community that I've worked in, and Taylor and I've talked just a handful of communities uh, in Massachusetts have representative um, town meeting, which I think puts faces to names. All cities and towns have precincts, um, but how would you, how do you figure out which precinct you're in if, if when it comes time to voting this spring? So we ask that you call. Okay. Um, that's probably the, the easiest you know the it. easiest way yeah. um, because the federal census it's what guides mm -hmm. our precinct lines so okay. in 2022 that's when our uh, new lines all took into place mm -hmm. um, so obviously the federal census always has a larger response than our annual town census mm -hmm. so that's where we get the 38 mm -hmm. 325 from mm -hmm. um, and then based upon that population um, we can't have more than 4,000 people in a in a precinct and then they have to be um, within 5% of the average sure. um, in order to get that so we squeaked by with um, <laughs> 10 precincts sure yeah um, and so lines did change in nine out of our 10 precincts. So in the May 2022 election, that's when all of the town meeting members then had to, you know, rerun for their positions, even though their terms weren't up. Right. Um, yeah. So now this year we're back to the, 
you know, it's a, a third. <laughs> yeah, right. A third so of each that precinct. It, right. The ballot won't be as cumbersome, yeah. you know, this time around. Um, but then it's also important to, you know, answer your annual census because that's what keeps your, your voter status mm -hmm. as active. Um, if you don't answer your census, you end up on the inactive list. Mm -hmm. So if you go to vote and you're on the inactive list, you have to go see the warden. You have mm -hmm. to show your ID. You have to confirm that you're, you know, still living at the same okay. residence. And also, if you're not answering the census, you know, but because of the bylaws of the town of Shrewsbury, every four years we have to send in the population for each of our mm -hmm. ten precincts, and then the Board of Selectmen mm -hmm. reallocate according right. to those populations. Yeah. Um, so like I said, the federal census, we're up higher. Um, it's happened in the past um, where one precinct lost four or five of their right. town meeting representatives because they had a low, response. lower response yeah. um, in the annual census. But we can only go by what we receive back, and that's you know Correct. why it is important that um, well, we'd like to encourage everybody to, right. you know, turn in that local census because it is important. That's yeah. how you get your proof of residency. The school department every year asks um, our department for a list of children. So, you know, if you don't want to miss out on the lottery for preschool or, right. you know, that's where they're getting their information. All through the town census. We Correct. use that head of household list for our own communications too, like right. strategic plan. We use that as our, to send out surveys. So right. if we're not responding, then right. can't yep. connect those dots. Yep. Yeah, right, so, and yep. a lot of people think they don't, you know, if they don't own, they don't, but it's not, it's for residents. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're a renter, a, a renter, if you're not a citizen, we still, you know, we still want that data. Yeah, yeah, it's so important because we do use it in so many different ways. Um, so I think those are some really good tips on how kind of to be the best resident you can and vote and participate in local government. And we strive to be the best local government in the world. So we have this, this new segment that we're starting uh, on episode five today that's called The Best. So Sharon, you're the first uh, <laughs> contestant in The Best. So we have one simple question for you. I know you like to cook. Um, so. Uh, Taylor and I will also answer this question, so we won't leave you out there hanging. So I'm not going to tell you what my best home-cooked meal from the standpoint of what I can cook or not, but <laughs> um, what is your best home-cooked meal? My best home-cooked meal. Ugh. See, my kids are always making me, you know, we, we cook everything from scratch. Mm -hmm. So well, I'll give you one of my daughter's favorites. Okay. Is, uh, she likes the penne with vodka sauce. Okay, nice. But then, like from my, my husband's half Lebanese, so I mm -hmm. do a lot of that. So okay. people like my kibian rice pilaf and okay. hummus. Okay, so. all right, interesting. So more than one bests. How about Taylor? Um, I make a really good chicken parm. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. That's, uh, that's from my mom. <laughs> I can make that because of her. She's the only reason I could cook. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, I'm I'm not a cook. Uh, I like my it's we'll stay closer to the Italian side of of things and the responses. I like my wife's big ziti the most. I really it's really good. Uh, I'll take that anytime I can get it. So um, again, we strive to be the best local government in the world. 
We have our favorite other things as well. So uh, we'll continue with this very simple uh, question and answer segment on that's how manager download. So that's getting us pretty close to the end here. Uh, Sharon, anything else going on in the office? Uh, anything new, anything exciting that you want to tell the folks about? So we're in the process of uh, acquiring new election equipment. Okay. So yeah. hopefully be rolling that out um, come our May election. And also we're going to put to rest our paper <laughs> check-in list and we're going to we're going to roll out the poll pads at our Great. annual town election. Yeah. So we That's got wonderful. we had all of the election workers um, come in and work early voting and they got their they got their their first experience yeah. on using the poll pads and obviously they'll get some more advanced um, training in the coming months but we're looking forward to moving to that technology. Um, because right now we have to hand scan your voter <laughs> okay. to give you credit that <laughs> yeah. you voted. And this way we're going to be able to do an upload and then upload it into our voter system. Oh, that's great. So instead Sounds of like it should save time. Yeah, probably take maybe a half hour versus five days of listening to the <laughs> scanning beep. <Yay>. <laughs> <laughs> One of the famous sounds of town halls. <laughs> throughout the course of the year. Well, Sharon, this has been really great. Uh, we appreciate you coming in and sharing all your knowledge and responsibilities of elections and elected positions and a lot of other things that go on in the town clerk's office that we can have you back in and talk about. But at this point, it's been another great uh, conversation here on the town manager download. Uh, just a reminder to everyone, if you have a question or a comment, you can reach us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. So on behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar. Thank you for listening.